Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good day. Whatever time of day it happens to be when you're watching this online service, I really pray that it's a blessing to you. Uh, my name is Julia and I go to the Street Church Mount Vic location and I am, if there's such a thing, a Christmasaholic. Christmas is my favourite time of year. So it's really a privilege to be able to come and talk to you about Christmas and particularly about the joy that we experience at Christmas time. So I'm going to start by telling you a little story and the story has pictures. So this picture was taken in 1955 and the boy in this picture is a 17-year-old named Carl Nelson, who everybody called Cheesy. Carl Cheesy was a kid who loved music, and he would continue to love music for his whole life. But at this time, when this photo was taken, he was particularly obsessed with the music of a little-known singer whose songs had just started to become popular with the teenagers in the towns near where Cheesy lived. He was, in fact, so obsessed with these songs that he knew every note, every lyric, every nuance, and he could sing them exactly the way they sounded on the radio and on the records. On the night that this photo was taken, Cheesy had been in the audience at a local auditorium, and he was going to finally get to see this singer live, see that hear his favourite songs performed live. The only problem was the band had traveled, that had travelled separately from this singer, and they'd shown up, but he hadn't. So the auditorium's full, Everybody's getting restless. A bunch of teenagers who are dying to hear this guy sing. And someone, and I have a feeling it might have been Cheesy himself, got the brilliant idea of getting Cheesy to sing with the band while they waited for the real singer to show up. He did such a great job that when the real singer did show up, he'd been delayed by a car accident, the crowd actually yelled at him to let Cheesy keep singing. And so he did. And eventually the real guy got, up on, got to go up on stage and finish the show, and this is him. Do you, anyone out there know who that is? If you guessed Elvis Presley, then you are correct. At this stage, he was only about 19 years old, and very, very few people had heard of him, but he would go on to become a star. I'm reliably informed by my 18-year-old daughter that even 18-year-olds today know exactly who Elvis is. Cheesy would become, in the future, a lot of things. He, was, he had a lot of interests, but the thing that was most important to me is he would become my father-in-law. And here's a picture of him, Cheesy, all grown up, just in case you were curious about where he ended up. So I got to sit quietly, about the time that this photo was taken, actually, I got to sit quietly in his office one day while Big Cheese, so we called him Big Cheese because... Cheesy was his nickname, but also his dad's nickname. It's his son's nickname. And my husband, Carl, went a clay, sorry, when he's in the States, is also called Cheesy. So for simplicity, we called him the Big Cheese. So I got to sit in his office one day while he was being interviewed on camera for a documentary. And he recalled how he and Elvis had gone on to be good friends, how they'd performed together, how they'd hung out together whenever Elvis was in town. And how one time, he was actually invited by Elvis to perform with him on a show called The Louisiana Hayride. He said no, and that show is widely believed the thing that launched Elvis into, into fandom, stardom, because it was televised. When asked why there are no surviving pictures of him and Elvis together, Big Cheese pointed out that at the time, nobody had any idea that Elvis would grow on to become 
such a big deal. At the time, Elvis was just another country boy like Cheesy, who had a small local fan base of teenagers who liked his style of music. But if you Google it, if you don't believe me, if you Google it, you'll find that my father-in-law is officially recognised as the first ever Elvis impersonator. And though he wasn't an Elvis impersonator as far as he knew, he was just a local kid filling in at a concert for a singer. The real Elvis lived for 42 years, and he's been gone now a lot long, well, a bit longer than he was alive. But it would be hard to find someone who has never heard of him, and his songs are still very much in circulation. We have a um, Christmas with Elvis record at our house, which gets played over and over and over at Christmas time. And I guess for us, there's an extra special connection to that album because of Clay's dad, who we lost a long time ago. So that music is extra precious to us as our favourite time of the year. You know, for Christians, Christmas is an incredibly special celebration as we recognise and celebrate the birth of Jesus. He also lived on the earth for, an, for a short time, an even shorter time than Elvis, but the impact of his life was undeniable. So even though my 18-year-old assures me that she knows who Elvis is, eventually Elvis's notoriety will eventually fade away as time passes. Jesus lived over 2,000 years ago, but his story is eternal, and he will never fade away. There's this weird thing that happens when someone becomes really famous. Their lives suddenly become fascinating, like every aspect of their lives. People want to know all about them, and suddenly there's an avid audience who want to hear from the people who knew them at the beginning, which is why my father-in-law was forever being interviewed about his early years with Elvis. I wonder what stories the, first, the people who first knew Jesus would have told. The Bible tells us about some of the first people to meet Jesus after his birth, and they themselves weren't anybody famous or important in terms of that time. Clearly his parents would have met him first. <laughs> And they were a teenage mum and her new and no doubt bewildered young husband. Then there were some shepherds and their sheep. They weren't expecting anything. They certainly weren't expecting to meet the Messiah. They were just sleeping out in their fields. And suddenly there's an angel. And then there's multitudes of angels telling them that the Messiah has been born and telling him where to find him, telling them where to find him. So they go to see him. We also read about, right back at the beginning when Jesus was still a baby, a very old man named Simeon and a very old woman named Anna. And both of them get to meet Jesus as a baby when his parents take him to the temple. And then we also read about the wise men, or the Magi. They had seen signs in the stars that the promised king of the Jews had been born, and they followed the star to meet him. I think it's a really interesting selection of people. Some of them were looking for the Messiah, for Jesus, and some of them weren't. Some of them had scriptural knowledge and some of them didn't. Some were Hebrew and some weren't. Their stories, their beliefs, their ethnicities, their languages, their knowledge, their status, all were vastly different. But their reactions to meeting Jesus were not. The Bible tells us that the shepherds marveled and went and told everyone what they had seen that Simeon praised God and Anna gave thanks, that the wise men were overjoyed and bowed down and worshipped. The angel had said to the shepherds in the fields, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And even those who met him as a tiny baby, he was too little to have ever done anything at all. They knew somehow that he was very special, 
and they were filled with joy. And we know now, because we can look back through time, what they could never have known in the moment, that this newborn baby would go on to fulfill every promise that had ever been made about him. So how can we help but be filled with joy at Christmas ourselves as we celebrate Jesus, knowing what he signifies for every human soul and for our own souls? Joy is a powerful thing. It's such a little word, but it's such a big concept. Joy is something deeper than happiness, something we can even have if we're going through something tough or something difficult or something sad. I sometimes think we get the two things confused, joy and happiness. Happiness, I believe, is not a solid thing. Happiness is affected by our mood, our circumstances, things like tiredness, hormones, age, health, work, relationships. Joy is not. My father-in-law Cheesy did a good job of being Elvis for a short while. He sang his songs, he had his band, but he ultimately wasn't the genuine article. Happiness is a bit like a joy impersonator, I think, but it can easily fade away. It's wonderful while it lasts, but it comes and goes. Joy is based on something much more permanent, something much deeper. For those who were privileged to meet Jesus first as a baby, their lives would have been profoundly impacted, but they still would have had hardships. Mary and Joseph were still young and poor, responsible to protect a baby that was already, at that stage, on the hit list of some powerful people. The shepherds still had to sleep outside in the fields and still work hard to save their flocks. Simeon and Anna were still elderly, and their daily struggles would not have disappeared. And the wise men still had a long and probably difficult journey ahead of them back to their homes far away. But they were filled with joy. They had met Jesus, and that's the source of joy. One of my favourite Christmas carols goes like this, and I'm sure you know it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the Lord, the Saviour reigns. Let men their tongues employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. You know, I can't guarantee that I'm going to have a happy Christmas, though I will definitely try. There are things that are going on in my family, in my life, that could get in the way of that. But I can tell you I will have a joyful Christmas because of Jesus. I really pray that you have a happy Christmas. I actually would suggest you play some Elvis songs. They'll always put a smile on your face. But much more than that, as I speak to you this today, I really just pray that you will have a joyful Christmas. And if you're like me and there's some tough things happening in your world, know that joy can still be yours. You know, in the end, Elvis had a short life because he made some, he had some bad habits. Jesus had a short life because he chose to have one. He chose to allow himself to be sacrificed for us. Before he died, just before he died, he told his followers, I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. When Cheesy grew up, he became an educator. He became Dr. Carl Cheesy Nelson. He couldn't actually write you a prescription because his doctorate was a PhD, not a medical one. And I can't write you a prescription either. 
but if I could write you a prescription for Christmas, I would prescribe Elvis songs or movies for fun and happiness. But for joy, for joy, I would prescribe Jesus. I pray that you all have a happy and joyful Christmas.